0: following podcast is a production of the network check us out on bicbp-radio.com do you trust the process
1: do you respect the process processors this is week five we got more sec acc big 12 action coming at you uh still waiting on the other conferences to rejoin at the end of the month here and i think um, it's a pretty good test as far as i saw this weekend what do you think right
0: yeah um yeah i mean it, it was nice to have those power conferences back um yeah i'm, I'm just i'm looking forward to this next slate of games
1: Absolutely. Uh, First, though, we're going to get back into something that we haven't done in a couple of weeks. Uh, We're going to get back into our draft profiles. And today, we're bringing you two elite prospects, both of which are not playing football at the moment. Probably training, right? Probably lifting some weights, running some drills, staying active, staying in shape, keeping their draft uh, stock high. So uh, what do you say? Let's start off with uh, the number one wide receiver in the class. Yeah.
0: Um, so Jamar Chase, I'm assuming, is a, that's who you're talking about, he's right?
1: Num- he's definitely number one for me. Yes,
0: yes, Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think uh, he's been the consensus number one since, uh, since the end of last season, considering he set the single-season SEC record in uh, yards and touchdowns. Um, you have those numbers on you, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, last year as a sophomore, uh, recorded 84 catches for 1780 yards, 20 touchdowns. He had one rush attempt for five yards. That's my most interesting stat for him.
0: Mediocre on the ground. I don't know that that might knock him down a peg. We'll see.
1: You you know what? He, he should have stayed in this year just to improve that stat.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's got to get those rushing numbers up to really continue to be elite. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah we're totally kidding we're totally kidding so jamar chase um 6'1 208 he would have been a junior this year you know i'm i'm a little bummed that he opted out because i kind of wanted to see how he would do without without the great and mighty joe burrow right um so which i guess in hindsight could be a good thing he opted out because it's i mean it's gonna be it would be tough to replicate those kind of numbers you know what i mean so A decline was definitely like bound to happen. Right. So he's not going to hurt himself by opting out. So, no.
1: no. Um,
0: When I think of Jamar Chase, I think of um, an elite route runner. An elite route runner. Um, He's big. He's strong. Like, he's not going to get bumped off his route. I mean, he's just, his routes are just too precise. He's too strong. You're just not going to bump him off, right? No. And then, to add on to the route running, he's got the hands, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never really seen him uh, drop a, a a pass so horribly that you're like, man, what is he doing up there? There was one in the championship game from last year, but I'm not going to dog him for it. You know what I mean? No. Especially because he went for 200 yards in that game and was one of the best players on the field. So. I mean – he's really good at finding
0: that, 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 that open space, you know, the, the weak spot in the defense, you know, where Joe Burrow could have, you know, th- you more like throw him open. You know what I'm saying? Right. So finding, finding space, like I said, just kind of stacks on just being a good route runner in general.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, wh- I
0: believe, I believe Matt Miller compared him to um, Odell Beckham a little bit. Okay, or, no, not Odell Beckham, Julio. He compared to Julio actually.
1: Yeah, I see that. The size difference is is huge. You know, yes. it's, it's very yeah. rare to have a player of Julio's size that moves the way that Julio does. Uh, my favorite thing that Jamar True. does um, that I don't know if as many college wide receivers have as natural an ability as he does, the way he uses his hands to keep uh, the cornerbacks off him, the way that he's able to use it to keep space and he's so savvy with it and, and sneaky. You know what I mean? I don't – when I watch him, I watch a lot of LSU last year. There's so many pro, uh, players to watch. He doesn't get flagged because he's not really doing anything completely illegal with him. You know what I mean? He is using his hands physically, but it's nothing that's a push or a pull or anything. But it's really more just a way of um, just kind of, I don't know, keeping the guy unsteady. I guess I could say. Just making that cornerback a little um, – kind of uneasy not on his best of uh, footing because jamar is very strong for his size being six foot little over 200 pounds Uh the, the guy's just rock man he's like muscle yeah. through and through so yeah that's i love i, I will show um high schoolers going into college watch his tape and just notice the way that he uses his hands to just keep fighting through contact and uh just uh, to keep himself as clean as possible and that's and that's going to help you get into your routes when that quarterback's not able to jam you and he's not able to ride you because you're being just as physical as he is you know that's going to help you in, in the lower half with your feet too
0: right and i mean even if he can't get that separation he has the hand strength you know to go in and like pluck that ball out of the air in traffic too so
1: sure yeah,
0: um, yeah. I mean, he's he's just a he's a true wide receiver. He's he's an alpha. Yes. At, at 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 that position. So I mean, this is one of those guys where if Trevor Lawrence or or Justin Fields or Trey Lance, if they're not in this picture, he's you know a top three pick probably.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking so. I'm thinking so. This, yeah. this wide receiver class, we thought we were gonna miss out on a bunch of guys. We thought they uh, there's a bunch of opt outs. But slowly but surely, as the season's coming back into form here and uh conferences are coming back into play, these wide receivers are opting back in. So we're going to get to see a lot more of them um, reestablish themselves in this wide receiver class. That's sneaky good. Sneaky yeah. above average, I should say, at least. Sneaky above average. I like that. I don't think
0: it's last year's class. Or, it's not. You know, the – you're the DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, that kind of class. I don't, I don't think we're getting anything like that. But um, sneaky good. Um, I like the way you put that. Yeah. Sneaky good.
1: I think overall we're okay. going to find out this one um, is, is sneaky in a lot of ways.
0: Y- yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. This I guy, agree. this guy's um, not
1: sneaky, Ryan. This next guy? No, he's not. No. he's
0: not very sneaky at all. This is a guy that, you know, you and I probably didn't get to watch much because we're East Coast guys, and this guy's over on the West
1: Coast. Yeah, he, um, uh, he's part of that at Pac-12 after dark.
0: Yes, yes, the those 10-30 kickoffs <laughs> over <laughs> in New York. Um, now, how do you pronounce – so, Penai Sewell. How, how, how do you pronounce his name?
1: I actually have um, heard it only one way right now. His first name I always hear as like Penny Pasta. So it's Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. I that, Sewell. Yeah, I think Sewell's okay. locked in, but I'm interested with like how many different ways people want to try and say his first name. Hey, it took us three years to figure yeah, out how to right. say Tua. Yeah, or uh,
0: Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor.
1: Hey, that's not on us. <laughs> that's
0: on Tyrod. Um Yeah, that is on him. That is on him. Yeah. All right. Um, Penne Pasta (laughs) Sewell. He's a tackle at Oregon. Six foot five. 325. This guy's probably locked in consensus. OT1, right? Locked in.
1: Well, the only way that I saw it changing is if he didn't get to get back on the field. And who's your boy from Texas?
0: Uh, Sam Sam Cosme.
1: Right. So if he got a full season and he was able to establish himself, uh, that was what I would yeah. see as the only real true way that he moves him. But no offense to any other tackle in the class, you just don't often get this uh, size of uh, or um, combination of size and athleticism.
0: Right. Right. I mean, So, this is a guy, like, when you think of an offensive tackle, at least for me, I think of a guy that's just going to keep the quarterback upright, but this is a guy who can open lanes in the run game, man. He's a baller. Baller Mm -hmm. in the run game. Not only is he going to keep your quarterback upright, this is who Andrew Luck was clamoring for his whole career. Like, (laughs) this kind of player.
1: Yeah. What I'm finding interesting about him is, I thought he was bigger than he is, taller than he is. They only have him right now at, at uh, six foot five, which obviously is still a very large man, uh, at six five three twenty five. But I, we've been seeing a lot of the upper echelon tackles come out, and they're closer to the six seven range. Um, but that's only because we, a lot of times you see the arm length come along with that. So we don't have combine official numbers or anything right now, so I don't n- know exactly what his arm length is like, but. I would imagine with the way that people just rave about him and and how clean his tape really is that he has no problems with um, getting his hands out there and using that arm uh, length to keep the edge from taking the longest route possible. You know what I mean? Being able to, Kick and slide real smooth. You know, the classic cliche that I absolutely love, the dancing bears. That's what you're looking for in a tackle. You're looking for a guy mm-hmm. who's just as likely going to smash you in the face because he's such a mean old bastard as he is, Uh, you know, the the next, uh, you know, ballerina out there want to be uh, dancing on his tippy toes. Right. I mean, and he's only 20. He's very like, young. For a I tackle, mean, well, his
0: birthday – his birthday is a week from now. The, no, today's the first. His, his birthday is the ninth. So when this comes out a week from now, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, he's still so young. And they're saying, like, he's, he hasn't even reached his, his like, max yet. Like, he's just going to get better, which is just creepy to think about. Right. But, I mean, not really much else to talk about with offensive tackles. I mean, uh, just going to have to trust us on this one. This guy's going to be a stud.
1: Yep. And uh... – At some point, we'll be doing our Pac-12 preview, just like we've done with the other conferences. And I'm sure uh, whoever we have on uh, will definitely – this will be one of the guys that they're dying to talk about. And hopefully we can gain a little more insight into exactly what it is that makes him one of the more special uh, tackle prospects in the last few drafts.
0: No doubt. No doubt. All right. Do you want to move on to the main
1: event here? I think we should. Because like I said, this weekend looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Ryan, I will let you have the honors and kick it off. Um,
0: Okay. All right. Well, guys, we're going to preview um, a few games. We each picked three. Um, I'm going to start off with I think should be a fun one. Should be a pretty high scoring one. Um, I'm going to go with the number three Florida Gators. Um, we'll be hosting our South Carolina Gamecocks, Bri. Ooh. Our South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, not really ours. I mean, I guess they can be mine since Miami's uh on a bye, right?
1: Is this what they do for the Gamecocks? Is this what they do?
0: Yeah, I don't know what they do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it right there. Yep. Um, yeah, go Cox. So as we know, um Kyle Trask came off a he's coming off a monster game against Ole Miss. Uh 30 for 42, 416 yards, six touchdowns. So uh South Carolina probably knows what's coming. This team's gonna be going through the air. Florida's gonna be going through the air. Um, look for Kyle Pitts probably going to have a big day. He usually does have big days. He's a matchup nightmare. Nobody's going to stop him. I promise you, no one on South Carolina is going to be able to stop this guy. There's not many players in the SEC that's going to stop this guy, quite frankly. Probably not. Um, yeah, so Kyle Pitt's coming off uh, Eight catches, 170 yards, four touchdowns. So we already know he's going to produce. What I want to see is if these um, versatile Florida receivers can, can uh, keep up what they've been doing. So I'm going to start with uh, Kadarius Tony, um, Tooney, Tony. I kind of like Tooney. That kind of sounds like fun. I heard him say it on the broadcast, but I don't really remember what it was. How's this spelled? T O N E Y. Uh,
1: it's I got to go. Tony. Tunie. Mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, he's coming off a five catch, 59 yards. He also had, excuse me. He also had 55 rushing yards, I do believe. Let me double check. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he led Florida in, uh, yeah, rushing. Yeah, he had two carries for 55 yards.
1: Oh.
0: So look for him to produce a little bit more with Trask. I mean, if for some reason Kyle Pitts is quadruple teamed, he's going to have to go to someone. So, or he could just still go to a pit. It doesn't really matter.
1: They yeah, don't um, matter.
0: So, yeah, I'm looking at Kadarius, Tony, and and uh, Trevin Grimes. Trevin Grimes is another guy. Um, He also scored a touchdown. He had a deep touchdown. I think it was like a 36 yard or something like that. So I'm looking for these two receivers to have a big game. Um, I'm also, I want to see if a running back can lead um, the rushing yards for the Gators instead of uh, Tooney. So Damian Pierce, not of the game. So I'm looking for him to be a little bit more productive. Um, Ty Chandler for Tennessee. That's who, uh, South Carolina lost to last week. He racked up 85 yards. I believe they had 130 or something yards total. So I'm okay. looking for Damian Pierce to produce this, this week. Um, and on the defensive side, Ventrell Miller, man. I mean, when we were talking to Max, he said it too. Ventrell Miller's a dog. This this linebacker for Florida finished with 15 tackles, one set back two tackles for a and keep that going in the, in the middle of that defense. And then also, um, Brenton Cox jr. I'm, I'm looking for him to have a big day. One sack, um, two and a half tackles for loss. So that's kind of looking at Florida. Um, I did forget to mention, uh, South Carolina is two and 15 in Gainesville. So mm-hmm. I don't like their odds. the odds aren't in their favor
1: we don't like Um, their team
0: (laughs) yeah so um south carolina south carolina what do we got with them uh colin hill quarterback finished last week 25 for 39 290 one touchdown one pick um i'm gonna see if he can keep that connection with shy smith going right he finished shy smith finished 10 catches 140 yards and um, one touchdown. So that's probably gonna. That's looking like that's gonna be Colin Hill's guy for um, the foreseeable future. So we'll see if Florida's defense is able to shut him down. And then also keep an eye on uh, junior defensive end Kingsley Enigbar for South Carolina. He had nine tackles, two sacks, and one forced fumble against Tennessee. Um, um. Give me, give me Florida for this one,
1: Bry. Yeah, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. Uh, This next one, this next game that uh, I'm going to get into, my first game, is uh, number 13 Texas A&M versus number two Alabama. I'll just get it out of the way right now. Uh, I'm taking Alabama. But that's not going to stop me from talking about these matchups because Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher have been bringing them some some dudes and uh, they're going to Cause a little bit of problem for Alabama? Probably not too much. Down the stretch, Alabama will look to pull away. But uh, first, let's talk about running back Isaiah Spiller, 6'1", 220. Uh, Last week in the SEC uh, opening game for Texas A&M, Spiller ran for 112 yards. I believe he was the only SEC running back to actually reach 100 yards. I don't think any other SEC running back reached 100 yards. They're a lot of them go by committee. Um, I could be mistaken by that, but that's what I read. And then uh, the guy they're gonna, the Alabama's gonna try and use to neutralize him is a guy that's gonna be drafted pretty high. Uh, Dylan Moses, senior. Uh, Dylan six three two forty. Guy's rangy, athletic, uh, instinctive, rocked up. You know, the guy's just uh, the prototypical linebacker prospect. He's he's a stud. So. Uh, Texas A&M doesn't have any great standouts on the offensive line, but, uh, I do want to talk about guard Kenyon Green, uh, 6'4", 325. He's a sophomore. So probably his first real big test here, um, playing against anybody of some, uh, real top-notch caliber. So, uh, he'll be going up against Christian Barmore. Uh, Christian's a 6'5", 310, sophomore, uh, Alabama kind of moves their defensive tackles around. And I did not watch Alabama last week, so I don't know exactly where they're um, lining Barmore up. But um, those those guys just have to be ready because every tackle they have can play both tackle positions. Can they play them equally? Probably not. But don't be surprised if you see the guy that lined up for three quarters as your one tech all of a sudden comes in on a play and he's lined up as the three tech and he's looking to shoot a gap, and you don't think that he's sneaky athletic, and yet here's another Alabama defensive tackle who's sneaky athletic. Stop me if you've heard this before. On the defensive side for Texas A&M, a theme that's kind of been happening in the cornerback's um, as we've been doing some previews here, here's another six foot four cornerback, Ryan uh, Miles Jones. Miles is six four, 185. He's a senior, uh, pretty smart dude. I read some good uh, things about what people are talking about with him. That he's in charge of really getting everyone lined up on defense. Uh, he's a great communicator, and he's gonna get a, a couple of good tests. I don't know necessarily who he will draw but he's got to be ready for both those wideouts. And the one that I have him facing the most probably will be Jalen Waddle. I would imagine him and Jalen Waddle are going to be seeing a lot of each other. Uh, Jalen Waddle a junior for Alabama. He's five ten, 182 pounds. Uh, I'm looking forward to that chess match. Uh, Jalen Waddle's probably never really gone against a cornerback of that size. Not many people do go against cornerbacks that are six, four, and almost 200 pounds. You know what I mean? You're talking about right. a, 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 a slightly faster outside linebacker playing at cornerback there. Uh, the other uh, matchup that I'm excited to see uh, running back that I think that a lot of people are pretty high on. And uh, I think the the days of old where we would see an Alabama running back and automatically start going, eh, they don't pan out in the NFL. I think those days are done. I think if we can start moving on from that, we're going to, just keep scouting the player, not the helmet. You Know what I mean, Ryan? Yep. So, of yep. course, I'm talking about Najee Harris. He's a 6'2 senior. Uh, dude looks like a bowling ball out there when he's running the ball. He's super fun to watch running through the tackles. Not afraid of anyone. He'll run over anybody. And uh, this week, the linebacker that needs to be worried about ending up on a, a poster – uh, the next week is a uh, linebacker, Anthony Hines. He's six three, two thirty. Uh He is the best player to me on Texas A&M's defense. This guy has got a lot of potential, uh, pretty long. You know, he's six 3 he's got pretty long arms. He's not as instinctive as you would like um, of what I can tell so far, what I'm reading about him. Texas A&M that'll be the first time I watch him this weekend. Uh so I'm excited to watch him pretty intently. Uh 6'3, 230 Jr. The guy's, you know, right in the middle of that defense. And he's gonna he's gonna have his hands full because that offensive line's gonna be coming for him. I want to see how he keeps himself clean on that second level. See how he's able to get off of blocks and uh see if he's able to set a tone early here and give his uh Aggies a, a fighting chance here.
0: I like that. I like that. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, Jalen Waddle matchup for sure because he had a pretty good game last week. So, um, b- both of those uh, Bama receivers, um, Devonta Smith and uh, Waddle, for sure. Um. All right. Um. I'll do mine now. Yeah. My next one, we got uh, TCU at Texas. TCU is coming into Austin. Um. So since the beginning of Big Twelve play in two thousand twelve, TCU is six Over? and two. Oh, it's just three and one. <laughs> <laughs> no, three and one. Um, playing in Austin. So um, Max put it perfect last or uh, earlier this week when he was talking about how. And Mellinger pretty much slept, walk the game last week. He's not going to be able to do that this week against TCU. Um, yeah, T- TCU can score. TCU is going to be able to keep up with Texas. I don't know about 56 to 63 keep up, but um, they, they, they can keep up. So it's looking like for TCU, Max Duggan is going to be that guy. He came in at halftime through four. He was 16 for 19, 241, three touchdowns, and a pick. I think he won the job. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Max Duggan's going to be that guy. Um, he's going to be looking for his two receivers. Tay Barber. Uh, he finished last week five for eighty two and one. He's five nine one eighty five. He's a junior. So I'm looking for him to have another big game against Texas. I mean, this is going to this is going to be another high scoring game. So look for uh, Max Duggan for his wideout Tay Barber. And then uh, they had a freshman breakout, um, Blair Conright. He's 5'11", 180, finished for 375-1. and You know, not, not, not crazy game-breaking stats, but for a freshman, that's pretty good. And um, look for a tight end, Artavius Lynn. Artavius Lynn. He's no Kyle Pitts. Um, uh, finished Let's uh, week. Another big uh, mismatch for sure on the outside for TCU. Um, So, yeah, I mean, for Texas here, Sam Ellinger, like we said, he's not going to sleepwalk for this one. Uh, He's going to have to have some solid throws. Uh, TCU last week, um, five of their plays against them were 32 yards or more. So, the big play kind of killed them with Iowa State. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking for a shootout here. Uh, let's see if we can get Keontae Ingu. And then uh, Samuel Kosme once again, Max kind of said he wasn't too worried about the, the Texas Tech against him. Um, I'm not too worried about that.
1: Yeah, TCU's a, a much uh, taller ask. Yeah, the ask for Texas this week uh, especially on the in the trenches is going to be a lot tougher than they had last week. Texas Texas defenses not TCU's. And one thing we know about TCU this year is they're going to be led by that defense if they're going to go anywhere.
0: Right. For sure. I mean, they're definitely going to have to step up the the Texas defense. Uh, for sure, because they can't be letting up fifty-three points. You know what I mean? Because right. this TCU team is gonna be able to score, they're gonna be able to keep up. So the Texas defense is definitely gonna have to tighten up one
1: hundred percent. Yeah. And I don't have a lot of faith that they will.
0: <laughs> yeah, really yeah, no, uh, it's probably it's it's probably gonna be, like we said, big twelve defense, not that great. Right. <laughs>
1: All right, here's, uh, here's my second game. This one's a good one. Get number seven, Auburn, versus number four, Georgia, which is by far the best matchup as far as rankings-wise. Um, I actually have another one that we're going to get into for my third that I think is kind of sneaky, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that one in a second. Uh, let's talk about Auburn's wide receiver, Seth Williams. Uh, Seth is a junior. He's 6'3 to 11. Uh, Seth is exactly what you think he is when you read his height and weight. He's looking to outpower everyone. He's looking to make tough contested catches. He's looking to make those across the middle, you know, crossing pattern catches. He's not afraid of contact. And uh, that's a good thing because he's going up against a cornerback who loves playing physical, Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell, 6'2", 185, junior for Georgia. And this will be a great matchup, a great chess match to watch on the field on Saturday. And um, I'm leaning towards Georgia's cornerback in this matchup. uh, But we'll we'll see as the game goes on um, how we uh, actually – what we actually see happen. All right, Ryan, here's maybe the best name – in the entire draft. You ready for this one? Auburn's yeah, Auburn's defensive tackle, Big Cat Bryant. As far I as I that. know, and he... that's his real name.
0: Big Cat. I love I mean, you got to love Big Cat. You got to love K. what a nickname.
1: With a K. I don't think it's a nickname. I think it's his name. Big Cat. Cat. Big Cat Bryant, that's what, hey, whenever I looked him up, that's every name that came up was Big Cat Bryant. Uh, big Cat is a big boy. Big Cat is 6'5", 259. This guy's a man mover. Big Cat. Yeah. Uh, Auburn's defense has been super steady the last few years. Um, it's actually my favorite part about Auburn. I love watching their defense. I love the way they employ their – linebackers and i love the rotation they always have on defensive line they're always fresh because they just keep guys rolling in and uh they they're uh, they're a handful and uh this week uh the handful is handed off to guard trey hill uh trey hill is six four, three 330 pound junior great size for a guard uh weighing in at 330 might may even be able to slim down a little bit we'll see Um, what people tell him going through the process here. uh, Because 330 is a little heavy for a guard, a little heavy. You don't really have to be that big. But, uh, hey, if he carries it well, if he carries it naturally, then more power to him, literally. See what I did there? Guards are powerful. Whatever. (laughs) Let's move on to... Wide receiver, Anthony Schwartz. Anthony's six foot, 179 pound junior. Um, they're not elite when it comes to the wideouts, uh, typically as a program, but they get a few every now and then. You know what I mean? Auburn. Uh, Anthony so far hasn't done anything that really jumps off the page to me. So, But he's going to have a good test here. Going up against uh, another great corner for Georgia, Eric Stokes. Eric's uh, 6'1", 185-pound junior, and um, another great matchup to watch on the outsides. So I like that. And then uh, we can't move on without talking about Zamir White. You know about Zamir?
0: I do know about Zamir.
1: Zamir's carrying on the tradition of Very good running backs coming out of Georgia. Uh, Six-foot, 215-pound sophomore. He is definitely their lead back. Um, He's going to be going up against linebacker K.J. Britt. K.J.'s six-foot, 243-pound senior. I'm going to go with the senior on this one. I'm going to go with the old man. I think uh, the defense – and this is my upset special. You ready? Uh, I think Auburn gets this done. Uh, because the next guy I'm going to talk about is, uh, maybe why, but, uh, I I like Auburn's defense. Like I said, I always like their rotation on defense. Uh, uh, they have good above average linebackers, KJ being one of them. And, uh, I'm not scared of Jamie Newman, the quarterback for Georgia. Not scared, right? Uh, he was pedestrian last week. And, uh, I think, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna be tested early. They're going to get after him. And if they can get to him early, I see Jamie being flustered and not being able to get it done. So give me the Auburn Tigers in this one, in a upset. Nice.
0: I mean, yeah, the, the upset would definitely uh, follow suit with last week's uh, slate of games. I like that. I like that, Bri. Um, okay. I have one more for you. How about uh, how about Ole Miss at Kentucky? Ole Miss at Kentucky. Sneaky. Um, yes. Last week we watched um, Ole Miss put up a pretty, pretty decent fight. Yeah. Against Florida, um, not much you can do against aliens in Kyle <laughs> Pitts. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Since two thousand five, Ole Miss is three and two against Kentucky. Um, so diving in a little deeper here, Matt. Matt Coral. not Coral, Matt Corral. I don't care. Golden Corral, Matt Corral, whatever you want to call him. Dude's dude's pretty good. He's good. He's good. Okay. He can sling it. 22 for 31, 395, three touchdowns, and an interception. Um, you know who I think is going to have a pretty good game? Bruh? Elijah Moore. Yeah. Elijah Moore. That is uh, Corral's favorite uh, target. Finished last week 10 for 227. Um I have a feeling that he is going to go off. He might even have a similar stat, uh, similar, um, similar stats to that. So um, also I do want to see the speedy um, Jerry and Ely, uh, the running back for Ole Miss. I want to see him have a pretty good game against Kentucky. They, Kentucky did allow 91 yards last week. So um, I think Jerry and Ely is going to take advantage of that run defense. He's speedy. He's pretty agile. I liked what I saw from him in the small capacity against Florida. Um, he's kind of game scripted out, just what you have to do when you're playing Florida, and they're throwing six touchdowns a game. So, um, so yeah, uh, I expect him to have a pretty uh, pretty productive game. Now, on the other side of the ball. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah, real quick, uh, I didn't really back up my point on Elijah Moore, um, Kentucky. They gave up. Six catches, 112 yards, and two touchdowns to Seth Williams last week, right? We know Seth Williams, that super elite wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. He's Even though time. he plays for because I don't, because I don't. So, yeah, um, they let a dude named Seth Williams go off on him. Elijah Moore is going to absolutely eat. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on him. He's good. He's very good. Um, so, now I'll go back to the other side of the ball. Um, Mr. Terry Wilson. Um, He was fine. Not he. Actually, he wasn't fine. He wasn't fine, right? Twenty-four for thirty-seven, two hundred thirty-nine yards, one touchdown. He also had a pick and a fumble, and he rushed for forty-two yards. Um, I'm not worried about any of these receivers for Kentucky. Um, up against Ole Miss, their main guy was uh, Josh Ali. He's a senior. Excuse me, six foot one ninety-three. He finished with nine catches for 98 yards. So, and the next guy in the receiving order was like two for 25, something like that. Not much of a threat. They shut down Josh Ali. Um, They're going to be fine. Kentucky is very lackluster to me. I'm not worried about their run game, really. I I mean, uh, yeah, the run game. Kevin C. Smoke, not impressed with him. So, uh, I think Ole Miss is going to get this one back, and they're going to move to one and one. And uh, Kentucky is going to stay defeated. So, uh, wow. give me Ole Miss here um, in a blowout.
1: A blowout? He's calling for?
0: Yes, I'm calling a blowout. Elijah Moore's got like 300 yards.
1: <laughs> All right, I like it. I respect. Give me that. 400. Yeah, 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 he could get maybe he could get that. Uh, I got a sneaky matchup of the week. Number 25, Memphis, taking on SMU. So we got running back Kenneth Gainwell. I love Kenneth's game. Uh, 5'11", 191, sophomore. Uh, Runs with good power, good balance, pretty good vision. Um, Uses his arms well. He's a lot of fun to watch. And then uh, this week, he's going to have a tough matchup in the middle of that defense going against... Richard McBride, he's a 6'1", 232-pound 232, 232 senior. Uh, Richard, uh, being a senior and being in the middle of that defense, uh, you know one thing that I like to harp on is he's going to be the guy making all the calls. He's the guy getting everyone in position. And uh, what I can tell, um, SMU trusts him uh, to put themselves in pretty good positions. They're not a great defense. You know what I mean? They're an offensive team. SMU. So, if I had to guess, Canada Gainwell's is probably going to get the best of that matchup. Um, on the other side, then of the ball, uh, for SMU, I was excited to talk about their wide receiver uh, Reggie Roberson, but uh, Reggie's out this week. Reggie got hurt on the last pl- one of the last plays of uh, the game. Not wasn't the game, but it was late in the game. I remember. Uh, so he won't be playing this week. Instead, they will lean on wide receiver Rasheed Rice. He's a six-one, 189 189-pound sophomore. Um, I like Rasheed's game. He's, got a, he's kind of a combo guy. He's a guy you can put in the slot and keep out wide. Uh, he's not dominant out wide. He's not a guy you want to live out there on a play-to-play basis. I'd be a little worried about his size being eaten up out there on the outside every play. But he's got enough – uh, speed off the line to get some quick separation. And that's why I like him coming out of the slot so much. Uh, but he'll, he'll draw a pretty good test here. Uh, TJ Carter, TJ's a guy that people are talking about in this draft. They like a lot, uh, 5'11", 190 pounds senior. Um, TJ's, uh, got pretty good arm length. I saw for, um, his, uh, only being a 5'11 guy. Uh, so, He's going to look to jam. He's going to look to play physical. He's going to look to keep Rasheed off balance. And uh, being a senior, once again, I got to keep saying it over and over. Those years matter, guys. That's a lot of more reps. That's a lot more football that he's played than, than the guy he's normally going up against. So let's see the savvy vet if he's able to have a couple of tricks up his sleeve. Now let's go move back to the offensive side for Memphis. Uh, one of my favorite wide receivers to watch so far. Uh, DeMonte Coxie, you know, DeMonte, we talked about him in week one. I'm not one. too familiar now. Yeah, we did. We talked about him in week one. Okay, He's, yeah. Uh, 6'3, 200 pounds. Uh, looks the part, he looks like the true X wide receiver that plays on the outside. That's looking to just be your alpha. Uh, great contested catches, very physical, uh, tough to handle one on one. Uh, he's going to be a tough test, a real tough test here for Armani Johnson. Uh, Marnie's a 5'11", 177-pound junior for SMU. Uh, I think that Memphis, uh, if they can get rolling here, especially with our boy Brady White, you know, that we're a pro Brady White uh, football program over here. Uh, if they can get out to an early lead, I think SMU will be in trouble. Um, they just don't have the same caliber of offensive weapons to play a true shootout, but they're more gifted on the offensive side of the ball. Than they are on the defense. Um, I'm not going to call for the upset, but I think it's going to be closer than maybe people think maybe something like a 35 uh, 31 Memphis win.
0: All right. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good to me. Uh, makes me want to watch the game. So uh
1: yeah. No, that's my game. For that's sure. why we did this. You're not allowed to watch. I, I'm watching now.
0: I'm good, because I wasn't going to anyways. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm I'm I got two tigers going for wins here on mine. There you go. Yeah. Uh we should go. probably pull up the rest of the games. What do you say?
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure.
1: Okay. Week five. Let's look at what we got going on here. Uh BYU is taking on Louisiana Tech So if you want to go out at 9 o'clock And keep watching football Go ahead Probably won't be a great game BYU will probably smack the crap out of Louisiana Tech But you know 9 o'clock There's no other games on So go ahead and throw that on uh, Baylor gets into action They've only played one game And the Big 12 has been back for two weeks Right, they had one post moment. I think that sounds right.
0: Um, yeah, they've had they've they've had some COVID issues. Okay,
1: Big so time. They, they got a noon kickoff of West Virginia. Uh, that's gonna be a real close game, I think. The over under on that is fifty three and a half points. So even Vegas thinks that it's gonna be kind of a back and forth, low scoring, well low scoring for the Big Twelve uh, kind of uh, contest. Uh, we like Baylor's defense. Uh, if you listen to the Big Twelve preview. Uh, that's one thing you would have heard us talk about. Uh, big um, Baylor's got a defensive coach coming in. They got a pretty good cast of guys returning. Um, what did we say? They only lost two starters, I think, on the defense. They're returning nine players. I think we said. So, very yeah, kind- yeah
0: that sounds about right.
1: Yeah, uh, I like um, how about this, right? Tennessee, twenty-one number twenty-one. Tennessee taking on Missouri. Uh, Tennessee is favored by eleven and a half points. Uh, I don't love Tennessee, and I don't like Missouri, but that could be kind of a fun game. It's a big – it's a SEC game, so. Let's see. I don't see any ones that, like, we need to talk about. I'm not, I refu- We refuse to talk about OK State. That's what we do here. We're anti-OK State right now. They got to earn us back. That's what they got to do. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board. Okay. Uh, I want to tune into this one. I don't think it's going to be a great game, but anytime that this team is playing, I want to tune in. UCF. UCF taking on Tulsa at 730 and ESPN2. The over-under, 72 points. And I'm going to guess oh. 50 of those points are from UCF.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, seems fair. Seems yep. fair, yeah.
1: I don't really see any other real close games. Um, I'll probably tune back. I'll tune back into Mississippi State again. They're fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we, it's so weird not talking about Oklahoma. Feels weird. Feels weird talking
1: about them. Well, I mean, you can if you want.
0: I mean, do I want to? Not really. I mean. Like we kind of said before we started recording, Oklahoma's very uh, self-explanatory. They're always going to be putting up those big numbers, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're going to thrash Iowa State. Yeah. I mean, from what we saw with Iowa State <laughs> the first week, we weren't very impressed.
1: Right. All right, Here, here's one for you, Ryan. Jacksonville State has not played a game yet. Okay. They're taking on Florida State. Does Florida State finally get off the snide and get their first win of the year? What do you think?
0: No, no way.
1: <laughs> Against Jacksonville State? I don't even know what conference Jacksonville State's in.
0: Nope, no way. Florida State is going to finish defeated.
1: Okay. Uh, okay, here's, here's one last one, and then, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll sign off here. Texas Tech and Kansas State. That's going to be a fun game. Like, seriously fun. The Vegas has got an over-under of 64 for that one. And they got Kansas State favored by two and a half points. 3.30 kickoff. Really? Yeah, 3.30 kickoff on Fox Sports.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't have that on my preview up here. Wait, so they have Kansas State ranked – or not ranked. They have them favored it?
1: Yeah, two and a half points. Wow. They got that Oklahoma upset bump. I mean, Texas Tech put up 50.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll watch.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's a Fox Sports <laughs> one. Sure. It's on the same time as uh, the Texas A&M-Alabama game that I need to watch. So, unfortunately for those Big 12 teams, they're going to be – No, Big 12 going to get put on the small TV. They're going to be on the secondary TV uh the old
0: twenty two inch uh shame huh
1: yep that's where you go you get relegated <laughs> you get relegated yep all that's right shame, man. man week five we're in, we're almost in the middle of this, although I guess we shouldn't say that until the other conferences jump back in here so uh but no, we're definitely right. in the post- i mean week
0: five. Week five has some uh, big shoes to fill with week four with all those upsets and those, those crazy finishes for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't think we'll get the upsets, but I do think we'll get uh, some very entertaining matchups individually on the field. That's what I'm looking forward to. Hell, oh, yeah. All right. Anything else, Ryan?
0: Yeah. Um, well, guys, if you guys haven't subscribed or rated a review, please do that. It means a lot. Subscribe to us. Give us a give us a rating. Give us a review. It means a lot. I do like reading reviews. I've only read one. It's sports thumbs up. And I'll take that. Right. I'll take that. But I want to see more reviews. So if you guys could take a minute, that'll be awesome.
1: Yeah, I think it was sports with an exclamation point.
0: Yes, it's yeah. that was actually a buddy of mine from here, so I know exactly <laughs> who did it. Sports <laughs> thumbs up.
1: <laughs> Definitely take it. We'll take You know what? At this stage of the game, I'll even take uh, you know, I don't I'm not I want I don't want to see a one, but if you need to hand out a three just because you're that kind of guy, then go ahead. go ahead and give us a three. I'll take it. But you know, follow us on our Facebook page, follow us on our uh, you know, the uh, ad account of uh processing underscore the pod. Uh follow Ryan at, at Ryan Holt Bailey. Follow me at B Finch1984 um follow our other podcasts right we don't do that enough either uh me and ryan like yeah, drinking yeah. beer and uh so therefore we have a craft beer podcast that we'd like you to check out uh last week we dropped a candy draft which has gotten draft, yes, a with- lot of interaction on social media yeah, yeah. That was nice. a to lot see. of uh
0: if you guys like hot takes, definitely go to the candy draft because there's a lot of those being thrown around. A lot of hot takes.
1: Yeah. Over there with our good buddy Kyle Rainey from Two Point Conversation and Seven Wing Six, as well as one half of the uh, Let's Talk podcast. Or just yeah. text it to me. What is it? Sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry, Peyton. I messed it up. What is it, Ryan?
0: The Text It To
1: Me podcast. Text It To Me podcast. Yes. Check out the girls, Autumn and Peyton. They're doing awesome. Everyone at the network's doing awesome. So yes, keep up the good support of us. We really appreciate it and then, um, enjoy some football this weekend and uh, probably enjoy a couple of beers too. Should be a good weekend for yes. this. All right. Until next time, which will be Tuesday, keep on processing that process. Do you trust the process? the process.
0: You're probably thinking, who is this talking and what is it for? Well, I'm here to let you know that. My name's Anthony, and I'm the host of the Vinyl Divers podcast at the BICBP Network. On Vinyl Divers, I like to break down my favorite albums, listen to vinyl and most importantly talk music whether it be a classic rock album one week and then a deep dive into some punk history the next one thing that's certain is we're always going to have a good time so hit subscribe dim the lights and let's get dive.